We're now just days away from Super Bowl 57. The Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Joining us now is our regular NFL correspondent, Laurie Horish from ESPN. Laurie, good morning. Morning, guys. You must be very excited. You must have been doing the form now, all ready to go. Yeah, my head's been buried in numbers <laughs> and watching games and, you know, reading different articles and stories just to kind of take in everything you can for this matchup, which is, in, I don't know that it feels inevitable. We had a season that for the first couple of months, we, we, we talked about the parity across the league, but two teams that really started to stretch away towards the end. And, and thankfully, both looking relatively healthy, fit and firing. And, and we get a, a blockbuster barn burner, uh, whatever other B words I can use to describe, bell ringer uh, that's, uh, that's on our table for Monday morning around 10.30 in in Melbourne and, and uh, or Victoria, New South Wales, and then obviously uh, daylight savings, changing it around the place, uh, the rest of the country. And uh, Laurie, uh, you know, a lot of people remained unconvinced about Philadelphia as they had their march through the season, but they're through to uh, obviously the Super Bowl. I mean, were you one of those who were sort of unconvinced, or did you always see them as a, a very strong likelihood of getting there? And, and can they go all the way once you've done all your research? I mean, they certainly can go all the way. You're in the you're in the dance now, and mm. you, you've made it. You're one of two teams, and they're very talented roster. Yeah, I was certainly sceptical, not about parts of their team, um, of the, the the trenches, the offensive line, the defensive line, incredibly talented, skill position talent they added. Um, the defensive secondaries had moments uh, where they've looked entirely dominant um, against some better quarterback competition. A couple of questions asked, but massively improved from where we've seen in recent seasons. But look, so much of this conversation has been around Jalen Hurts, um, a young quarterback who's exceeded expectations. Put my hand up, certainly exceeded my expectations. Massive improvements in operating in the middle parts of the field. He's someone who liked to pass towards the sidelines, didn't read it all well, read out his progressions, go from first target to second target to third target to fourth target, particularly across the middle of that that field, too naturally, too well coming out of college and in his early time. But he's shown improvement there. But I think there's two teams that have got here in different ways. There's been so much talk. We, you know, Jalen Hurts had his you know shoulder injury. Well, I'm sure he'll be feeling better than he did when that initially happened as time's gone on. But that's something to keep an eye on. Lane Johnson, their star right tackle, who plays on the opposite end to Australia's own Jordan Mailata. He went through a significant injury. He's playing uh, through pain, and um, there may be some you know the procedures are helping the off season once they get past this final game for him. But there's been so much talk about Patrick Mahomes as well, the high ankle sprain um, and his mobility. But I think overall, their journeys to this point, what the Chiefs have gone through the, through the AFC, they're, they're more battle-hearted. They've had fiercer competition, not just in the, in the playoffs, but through the regular season. Philadelphia Eagles have been dominant throughout. But I think it's fair to question, it's kind of a two-part question. How tested have they been, um, considering that you know they had two contests against probably the best team that they faced um, prior to the playoffs, two contests against the Dallas Cowboys. One they won when Dak Prescott didn't play, and one the Cowboys win when, when Jalen Hurts didn't play. So we failed to see something there. Mm. Beaten by a Saints team, but again, Jalen Hurts isn't playing. And then as for the playoffs, well, they've absolutely dominated their way through a New York Giants team. Um, and then they, you know, the, the, a bit of a fizzer against the, in the NFC title game against the San Francisco 49ers with the injuries to Brock Purdy, then jo Josh Johnson, and then Brock Purdy stepping back out in the field with the inability to throw the ball. So... The, the second part of that question is, does it matter? Does it matter that they haven't been that battle-tested given that they're healthy, they're playing confident football, they're playing strong physical football up front, and they've made it this final stage? That's a narrative that we can talk about in the lead-up, but um, ultimately we're going to find out how, how much does it matter when you haven't had the toughest strength of schedule, but you've been so impressive throughout, uh, now you're levelling up against different type of competition in this, uh, in this final big showdown. Laurie, when we found out 
the two teams that were going to the Super Bowl, Philadelphia and Kansas City. One of our listeners asked us about Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. If they don't win the Super Bowl here, it's going to be one from the last few seasons. So they marked down as a success then because there was the uh, perception that this could be a very dominant team and there would be uh, sort of a, a legacy left here as being a great side. Is it the, the Super Bowl window? Is, does it exist like we have here in the AFL and the NRL? Oh, the Super Bowl window. Look, I'm going to borrow a line from Joe Burrow that he talked about his Cincinnati Bengals and their Super Bowl window. The window's open as long as he's the quarterback of Cincinnati. Same applies for the Kansas City Chiefs. You've still got Patrick Mahomes there. You've still got Andy Reid there. You've still got Travis Kelsey there. Chris Jones, dominant defensive lineman, number 95. Keep an eye on him. Uh, you still have these core pieces there for now, hopefully for the future, particularly with someone like Chris Jones. But... This is a year that the Kansas City Chiefs were meant to take a bit of a step back on offense. They offloaded Tyreek Hill, um, their explosive wide receiver, for some the best wide receiver in the game today. They're playing, you go through the list of wide receiver talent they have. Travis Kelsey's a future Hall of Famer at tight end, but a wide receiver, Sky Moore, a young, a very young player early in his career. Um, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, not quite a journeyman, but this is someone who has downfield speed and never really lived up to expectation in Green Bay. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, who was a cast-off from, uh, from his time when he exploded on the scene with the Pittsburgh Steelers and then really faded out of productivity. Uh, backup tight ends that I could name here today, throw out names like Watson and Forston, and people are saying, who, what's that? Not exactly household names, and yet... This is Patrick Mahomes' best season since his last MVP campaign. As the first-team All-Pro quarterback has been voted, um, he's the presumptive MVP for this season. Um, no, I don't think you look... If they come up short against the Philadelphia Eagles, it's immense disappointment, obviously. Um, they have made three of the last four Super Bowls. They've made five straight AFC Championship games in each of the five seasons. Patrick Mahomes has been the starting quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. But no, you don't look at it as a window closing and you don't look at, you don't start throwing any, you know, type of words about, you know, how they fare in Super Bowls. They can't win the big one. They've already done that. Look, Super Bowl contests can come down um, ultimately to luck. That can be part of the process here. Um, balls can bounce. As we see with our footy games here, whether it's uh, rugby league, rugby union, AFL, whatever it is, an oval ball, um, even if it's a little pointer in the NFL, can bounce funny ways. These things can happen, but... No, Patrick Mahomes' legacy isn't defined by this game. His legacy is defined by what we see for the next 10 years. In saying that, if we're talking about two Super Bowl rings for Patrick Mahomes at this stage of his career, when he's been the centrepiece of that offense, more so than one Tom Brady was early in his career, if he's been the centerpiece of that operation and we're two Super Bowls, now we're starting to get into some very, very rarefied air, not just with how he does it, the, you know, the flair we see, the creativity we see. Now we're stacking up those numbers. Now we're stacking up those trophies, those shiny things we like to judge people on. Now we're getting into some very, very interesting conversations. And Laurie, we'll get your tip in a minute, but just uh, we're down to the Super Bowl, so that means uh, the other two, <laughs> everyone bar the two teams in it, are out, which normally signals the death knell for some coaches. Any interesting news or movement in that uh, area? Oh, look, when it comes to coaching so much, one of the prizes, the big names in this one was the Denver Broncos landing, Sean Payton, former Super Bowl winning head coach with the New Orleans Saints who worked with Drew Brees for all those years, one of the most respected offensive architects and designers um, in the NFL, had his time off um, and made himself back available, was going through the coaching interview cycle. Denver lands someone that, look, they have coughed up a lot of money. There's been rumours it's in the $18 million mm. a year reports uh, for Coach Payton um, to come in, not just to get the Broncos back on the right, uh, the right train. This is a team that's fallen off since their Super Bowl appearance, Super Bowl victory um, in Peyton Manning's swan song. 
but this is a franchise that's looked that's invested a lot in Russell Wilson. He's definitely going to be their quarterback. You know, just the way the financials work for the next season, you can't argue. It's hard to argue. You get a better person in to come work with Russell Wilson and get his form, revive something in his confidence, design the offense so it matches his skill set. Because that was about as disappointing and deflating um, a first season, paying that much money. We're talking two hundred forty-three million dollar contract um, over the course of the deal for for Russell Wilson in Denver. That's there's going to be massive, massive magnifying glass, spotlights, whatever else you want to call it, on the Denver Broncos, their operation, and whether Peyton can work magic. But this is a long-term deal for Peyton. If he can't, he'll still be there, but it might not be the case for Russ Wilson, but a fascinating one to watch. We have got so many markets open for the <laughs> Super Bowl. It really is sensational. Stuff like, will someone miss a field goal? What will be the last play of the game? We know the Gatorade one. We'll keep it simple today because you will join us Monday morning for the Super Bowl. What team are you leaning toward at the moment? I'm leaning towards the Kansas City Chiefs. We've spoken throughout the season. For a couple of months, my pick was the Chiefs versus the Niners in the big, big dance. We were robbed a little bit of uh, that proper showdown to see the Niners versus the Eagles, but Kansas City make it through, um, and that is that remains uh, my pick. I've got faith in Patrick Mahomes, that offense, an improved offensive line, uh, a young defense uh, that has shown some playmaking ability on the back end. Uh, but ultimately, I know and I've seen, and the numbers show it, that Patrick Mahomes can thrive and that offense can thrive in different circumstances, playing with a lead and coming from behind and rallying back, playing under pressure when the defense is causing you to create uh, and go to second, third phase plays. I have faith in Mahomes that, um, and Andy Reid and that operation to get it done, whereas for the Eagles, we know they want to get out in front early, build the lead and play from in front. Let's see, can Kansas City finally be the team to truly uh, punch them in the mouth early and, uh, and ask them to get back up and play from behind? So is Patrick Mahomes your pick for the MVP? Two dollar thirty, second favourite with the tab. Jalen Hurts favourite at two ten. I mean, look, the quarterbacks just the, the quarterbacks dominate that Super Bowl MVP market so strong. So yes, if I was putting any hard earned on an MVP candidate, it would be towards Patrick Mahomes. And if you're going for, if you just you know you you want a smoky here, you want a you know outside shot. Um, I'd look towards Chris Jones at 51 to 1 I've seen on TOB. Um, this is a dominant defensive presence. Broke through his I haven't had a sack in the playoffs hoodoo um, last week with two immense amounts of pressure. If the Kansas City Chiefs can corral and, and hold down that that the, the locomotive, um, just the freight train that is uh, that Eagles offense, a big part of that is going to be big number 95 in the middle of the Kansas City defensive line. Now, some uh, very serious questions for you now. Chris Stapleton, is he going to go over or under the 128 and a half seconds as far as the national anthem is concerned? Big Chris Stapleton fan here. Have listened to all of his catalogue. The man can carry a note. There will, be, I believe, as a country music and blues superstar that he is, I believe we would see him out there with a guitar. That allows you to control the tempo. You're not going off the traditional yes. track there. You can really own the space there. We saw that with Eric Church, another country superstar. I prefer Stapleton over his church. But uh, another country superstar had the guitar out there. Went two minutes and 17. Uh. That line moved up from it was when it opened in the States. That was around a dollar, uh, two minutes uh, and one second, two minutes and two seconds. We've seen it go up towards, as you mentioned, two minutes, 128 and a half, two minutes and uh, eight and a half seconds. I still think you go the over there. I back Stapleton to carry this thing out. Wouldn't surprise me if we even got a little musical interlude, a little guitar break in the middle of the anthem there. <laughs> Now, is Rihanna going to open with Stay? Because surely she's going to keep Umbrella till, till the finale. So what's, what's your thought there? 
Look, as always, you and me and our music taste is lockstep. I'm with you that she will close with Umbrella. That just seems the type of song that you uh, that you close with. It's a perfect finisher. Stay seems to be firming. You're starting to see it creep under that three dollar mark. Hasn't gone to that point where it's like, oh, it's a dollar twenty. Someone knows something. But if I was designing the set list, which I'm not, but if I was. I like This Is What You Came For. I think it's a slow build to open, some very some, some very appropriate types of lyrics really set in the stage and then about three or four lines in the beat picks up and you can really, you could do about 40 seconds, 30, 40 seconds of that song and it moves you into the rest of the show. That'd be mine. I think that's around the double digit mark. But look, $10. stay. $10. <laughs> and look, I will confess to anyone out there that is possibly thinking of putting their cabbage on any of this, I have not been right on the first song in quite some time. The anthem, I've got a little better form. <laughs> Over 28 and a half. Is he the guy that had the the, uh, the duet with uh, um, Justin Timberlake? He did do one with Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake, not my favourite halftime uh, Super Bowl halftime show. He did do a duet there. He's done covers of Metallica as well. But this is one of his most, I think his most widely known song would be Tennessee Whiskey. Um, if you've heard that one before, that's a, that's a sitting on the balcony on a Friday afternoon um, <laughs> with a beverage of your choice. Just really thinking about um, ideally the love uh, and, and a little bit of the poignancy of your life. But that one, uh, if you want to hear a version of that, that Jordan Mylata has done um, his versions, the Eagles left tackle who has a outstanding voice he's done a little chris stapleton and tennessee whiskey before worth searching the internet for uh, the versions of that because it uh, might make you an eagles fan for the week um even though i'm here picking the kansas city chiefs we need you live with us for an outside broadcast laurie seriously i don't even care if it's on a super bowl one we just want you for three hours but thank you so much for this morning taking all that on board looking forward to chatting you on to monday an absolute pleasure. Your people talk to my people. I'm sure we can make that happen one day. <laughs> Thanks, Laurie. There he is. Thanks, Laurie Horish from ESPN.